Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to another episode of Conscience and today our guest is David Moon my personal coach in MMA I'm proud of it <laughs> can you introduce yourself please Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters my name is David Moon I am a professional MMA fighter uh, for the past 12 years and I've had the privilege of coaching uh, brother uh, Ahmed and many of the other students of uh, Unicity Gym for the past uh, a year and a half now, alhamdulillah. So mm -hmm. nice to meet you guys. Can you talk about, um, well, your background? Where do you come from exactly? So I'm born in Korea. Uh, I came to Canada at around <clears throat> eight years old. I'm, I just turned 35, so I'm pretty much Canadian, uh, but Korean-born Canadian. Grew up with Korean principles and uh, Korean mindset, very Korean uh, parents as well. So yeah, man, uh, Korean Canadian uh, is, uh, is 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 my background. Yeah. And how would you describe your uh, well journey of immigration here, for example? Uh, especially since it, it it was in another era in a certain way, mm -hmm. because the system has changed a lot since then. Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing. <clears throat> that was actually harder to adapt for me wasn't my life in Canada. It was actually my life going back to Korea, you know, being raised with like a 1990s, uh, like Korean mindset and then going back in the, in the 2000s and it was a bit of a culture shock, you know? Um, but, uh, the, the, the transition from being Korean to Canada, Canadian wasn't, wasn't too hard, bro. I was pretty young, you know, I learned English pretty quick, whatnot, you know? So life wasn't, uh, too difficult in terms of the transition with the immigration and all that. Yeah. How were your, what were your early struggles in a way coming here? As I grew up? Yes. As growing up. Um, you know, like uh, those typical like stories, you know, a couple incidences of getting bullied or whatever, you know, but nothing, <laughs> nothing too major, man. Um, I guess uh, the main struggles happen more towards like <clears throat> in my teenager years i guess you know and uh uh the struggles came about more more within internally within my family i didn't have many struggles growing up as a kid with like outside stuff you know at the school or other students or other people or whatnot a lot of my problems uh, growing up uh, in canada uh, rose um with some with some uh you know mistakes being made uh from from my parents and whatnot, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I guess one of the main struggles for my family was uh, my, I guess it comes down on my father's addiction to alcohol and uh, the kinds of uh, things that I grew up seeing with, with the father who's addicted to alcohol uh, was probably the main causes of many of the issues that I've had in my life, you know? Yeah. When describing the struggles that you have had, how would you say that changed you uh, in a certain way? So, of course, many people tend to look at themselves uh, themselves in a like a, a backup history of some sort. Like you have a version at this point, you have a version at this point, and you have a version at this point. How would you? Well, wh what's the largest difference between the David Moon of the past as an adolescent growing up? Because of course, you know that our audience is only. Mostly young men mm -hmm. of our, of my age, for example, 17, 18, mm -hmm. 19 year olds. Mm -hmm. 
the David Moon of that era, how would you describe him in contrast to now, uh, especially with, with the struggles that you described? Of course, you were a new person in this country too. Right. And you had some problems with your family and everything. Right. So, I mean, look, as a, as a kid, man, before my teenager years, <clears throat> life was pretty simple, man, you know, uh, you know, trying to catch up on English and trying to adapt to this Canadian lifestyle. And, and more or less, even with my dad's alcohol problems, you know, they were, you know, the, the kind of immigrate immigration parents, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Like, you know, they, they worked hard. They gave us a roof over our head. But uh, aside from that, there was no other support or push, you know. And and um, I, I guess the the transition of me being this young adolescent kid um, uh, kind of changed as I got into my teenager years, man, um, from being like this naive, shy, like Asian kid to growing up in my teenage years being super, I guess, like uh, angry at the world kind of a thing, man, and acting up and wanting to have people hear me out in all sorts of uh, bad ways, you know, because, um, you know, I try to reflect on my life when I was young, before I found MMA, before I found Islam, and I feel like the biggest negative impact I had uh, was during those years, when I, right when I turned about 15, 16, man, where I guess at that point I was, I was sick and tired of the kind of uh, abuse that I grew up with, you know, not just for myself, it was between my mother and my father too, you know? And uh, yeah, during those, those years, man, where people are making decisions to, to find a career, you know, to, to go to university for a certain type of job, I was just fed up, man, angry. You know, angry at the world, angry at my, my house life that instead of doing something productive and something positive, uh, during those that that moment, 16 years old, man, I probably made the worst decisions of my life, you know, uh, during then. And would you compare it, for example, to, well, how certain adolescents, for example, feel the need to act like gangsters in a sort of way? <sighs> it's tough, man, because I think when you're very young... I wasn't appealed to that. I think only certain types of people get a- attracted to this kind of uh, image, you know, like people, I guess, guys that might come from broken homes or broken families or tough childhoods and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I fell into that category. I looked at uh, people that were in that life. I was like, oh, I wanted to be like that. Everything at my house was so um, terrible that as long as I didn't have to go back to that, anything on the outside was good, you know. When you're 16 years old, man, and you don't have like a lot of good influences in your life, you're going to make a lot of bad choices. And that's what I did. And that's kind of like why, I guess, at 16, I started getting myself into that kind of a life where I was hanging out with uh, people who were uh, distributing crack cocaine, heroin, and, you know, seeing um, shootings and uh, murders happening to people that were very close to me, you know? And, uh, I got deeper and deeper into that life, man. I, I really thought at 16 years old when I decided to live that life, because like I said, I hated my life at home so much that I would have done anything to get out. And like I said, I didn't have any proper guidance, uh, like, a, like a male role model, you know? So I was just uh, looking up to these type of people, people who were in that life as kind of like the role model figure, you know? But... Uh, you know, in that life, uh, there's there's not many real friends, you know, like, uh, so being 16 years old, you go through a lot of uh, 
bad situations because you know when you're that young man you're not really going into the drug game or that life to be somebody who's running things you're like a mule you're getting used you can get caught you know you're taking the fall for so-and-so guys and that's kind of how it was my first uh my you know two years in that life 16 and 17 man and uh and again mind you like when i chose to live this life i thought this was all i had right i really thought this hopelessness was the best that i could get out of my life you know so i really dove into it you know 16 17 Anything, anytime an opportunity came to make a, a name for myself, I would go do it, you know, whether it be, you know, purchasing an amount and setting up a distribution in the city or robbing other drug dealers, you know, or getting into different violent altercations, stabbings and shootings and whatnot. And I would put myself in it, you know, put myself in these scenarios thinking it was going to give me some kind of a fulfillment feeling or whatnot, you know. And... Well, it could have gone really bad. I mean, yeah. uh, even in my place, when I arrived here, I was put in a class that case, so it's an integration class where we have to learn French and stuff. I had a classmate who was stabbed because he had he was acting macho around other people acting macho, and in the end, I mean, just people who are looking for adrenaline in a certain way, it only always ends up with someone getting either, well, injured or dead uh, or killed in a certain way. Yeah. So we all know that you're a Muslim now, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So... What was the turning point for you from between, well, the the abyss of, well, uh, of that lifestyle, the, the, life, the street lifestyle in a certain way, and the, well, what Islam offers? What was the turning point in that? Yeah, so like I said, I started, you know, putting myself in that kind of lifestyle from 16, um, you know, 17, 18 years old, man, I started kind of uh, having my own um, distribution. You have, you have to understand, though, like, I was making uh, drug money without having any knowledge or understanding of the value of money, right? So you could just imagine, like, a 17-year-old making all this money, man, just growing it and all sorts of stupid things. And I'd have, like, a bunch of uh, guys that were older running my phones for me, you know? So I was... I was kind of in a position where I was managing like people that were older in, in the drug game. And the transition happened, man. I guess if you want to call it, you know, Allah pulled me out of that life. <laughs> I guess um, it started after almost dying two times. I think that was kind of a, a wake-up call with getting stabbed up, uh, you know, losing a very close friend of mine in, in a very bad shooting. And then um, going to jail for a short bit was the start of Allah's guidance. Because I ended up getting <coughs> uh, caught for dealing drugs, crack cocaine, heroin, at around 19 years old. And because I was so young, the, 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 the court wanted to give me a jail sentence. But because I was so young, they gave me a very short jail sentence, mm. which was six months, which is, uh, which is a joke for, 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 for drug trafficking. You know? So anyways, when I, did the, when I served the time, man, you know, you're in there, man. And I, I was 20 years old. I was still pretty young. And... And you meet a lot of like uh, old gangsters, you know, and in 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 jail though, and and you kind of like I kind of reflected upon my upon myself, and it's like in that life, man, it's either two ways. Only like a small percentage can be smart enough to get out that life and and live a normal life after, but more or less, you're gonna end up in jail sooner or later, or even worse, you could just die, you know. So when I went to jail and came out, man, I was uh, 21 years old. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, in my heart, I thought 
that life was all I knew. So I try to go back in that life, man. But Allah put some sort of a fear in my heart because every time I would yeah, go back into that life, there was a, uh, an amount of hesitancy, amount of yeah, repulsion. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. So deep in my heart, that's when the transition kind of started. I was like, look, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to try to shift my my focus by, you know, kind of cutting off the people that I used to know. I moved back home with my parents after being out on the streets for like five years, man, 16 to 21 years old. Came back at 21 after the jail. Um, and like I said, I tried to change my 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 community. And it started with with going to university, you know, I, I, I enrolled for business and I did like a year and a year and a half. But, uh, you know, when you go to school without a purpose, it's kind of a waste of money, a waste of time, you know, and uh, that's kind of like what the situation was for me. But alhamdulillah, man, around uh, 23 years old, man, I I remember uh, playing a UFC video game with this character named George St. Pierre. And I was like, yo, this sport is pretty cool, man. You're punching, you're, you're wrestling, you're submission. But I had an interest for the sport and uh, I, I uh, stepped myself into uh, the local <laughs> MMA gym run by uh, an East Indian, uh, my first coach, Kaltar Gill. And that was at 23, bro. And, uh, and here we are, bro, 12 years later, right? But um, when I found... Uh, so that's my that's my story of finding MMA, right? Yes. So that's the that's the half of my <coughs> identity that has given me peace. Uh, but let's backtrack one year prior to that, man. Um, so in that twenty one years old, while I was going to college and university, trying to figure out my life, I had another uh, very close friend, man. Um, he's another Asian guy like me, was in the drug game himself, and um, this guy came from a Buddhist background, and me, I was a Catholic. So when we're talking about the prophets of Allah, I kind of had a recollection of, of, of most of them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, my close friend who was a Buddhist at the time uh, converted and accepted Islam. And um, I would see the transition in his life, man. And, and my homeboy wasn't getting into a lot of the violent situations that I was, but he was definitely more of a, a business-minded drug dealer, if you will. And this guy was making good money, man. But I would, I would, I would see him let go of this this opportunity you know he wasn't interested in the easy money and all this and i would ask him like you know what what are you doing it for you know and he told me oh like he's researching this religion called islam and he's connecting with it and because of this he uh decided to let go of that you know and other other little things man you know where all the all the all the friends would be playing basketball in the summer and i'm like yo where's uh where's brother at you know be like oh he's praying i'm like what do you mean he's praying you know and i'll go into the woods man and brother's making his salah and stuff like that and this kind of stuff it was like it was kind of inspiring to me because you know me growing up a catholic and a very religious mom who was catholic as well and you do everything that the religion tells you to do but when there's no connection with it in your heart you kind of, I don't know, it fizzles out, man. And that's kind of how... It becomes a routine. Yeah, more. bro. Exactly. There was no meaning to it. It wasn't fulfilling. And that's kind of what Catholicism was to me. But when I see my bro making these efforts for Allah, you know, praying five times every day, letting go of the girls that he had, the, the money distribution, and then this guy's fasting. You're not eating and drinking for God right now, you tell me? Like, that blew my mind, bro. You know? So... 
so that kind of like started the the conviction in my heart like yo this islam thing is, is something interesting I, I really gotta look into it um so that was one and uh you know but for me man the the real conviction was the first day i walked inside the masjid so i'm i'm with the same brother and this was during that time where i was slowly getting interested in islam and he invited me to come, come to the mosque to just watch the, the brothers pray and uh subhanallah man this was a very interesting incident for me because um we pulled up into the mosque bro and i remember like feeling a lot of anxiety like uh almost like i didn't want to go in you know so we're walking closer and closer to to the masjid and uh and uh my friend went in first and then man i stepped my right foot onto the carpet of the masjid and wallahi i can't explain it bro but i really felt like something heavy like leave my body you know what i mean i don't know man maybe i had a lot of shayateen around me at the time i i wouldn't be surprised too because i was into a lot of bad things you know but and i and i almost fainted man i remember like like feeling like whoa what the heck was that and uh and i sat at the back afterwards entered the masjid sat at the back and just watched the brothers pray man and uh man it gave me a sense of peace you know and uh after that incident and um i got a little paper from the brother um with the english translation of how to pray so before accepting islam i was like yeah whatever let's give it a shot you know i tried to pray bro subhanallah and uh I think that's where the connection to Allah happened because after this one salah that I did, just reading off the paper, probably was like the worst pronunciation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and, we all uh, start somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and bro, does I I had like a time a moment of um, just opening up to Allah. You know, like I remember just sitting there, just uh, just uh, crying my ass off by myself for like an hour and a half, feeling guilt, remorse. Subhanallah, man. And then after that, man, I, I was convinced, you know, and uh, I, I took my shahada. But I remember even telling my friend, too, like, yo, even though I'm becoming Muslim, like, I'm still going to drink. I'm still going to go hook up with girls, you know. I'm not going to be like you. I remember telling my friend that. I can't be like you. You know, it's too hard, man. Look at the discipline you have. But, man, I accepted Islam, and I think Allah just made it easy for me because the transition. I know some brothers and sisters can have difficulty with this, you know. For me, it was right away, bro. Right away, I started praying. Right away, I let go of Alhamdulillah. the halal. Alhamdulillah. It was a very easy transition, you know. Mind you, of course, we're all human beings. We still make mistakes. But um, yeah, the major uh, teachings of Islam was very easy to bring into my life, you know. And that's the right mentality, in a way. I mean, I know a lot of, uh, and we talked about it in the well, first and second episodes. We had a lot of uh, brothers of my age who converted, Alhamdulillah, including Matthew, who's another student. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the thing is, I met some people who are convinced uh, as well of uh, this, well, uh, of Islam as a religion, of, as a way of life, mm -hmm. but they are not willing to, well, let's say revert immediately because they believe that, oh, I'm still gonna, I'm not sure I can pray five times a day, I'm not sure I can do tahajjud, you know, I'm not sure I can do this, I'm not sure I can do that, but the thing is, the... It, it, there is a learning curve, right? There is a phase of adaptation in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And even if, well, you said to your friend that, well, I'm not going to be like you immediately. At least you did. Mm -hmm. it, it comes with, with time. Yeah. For most people. Yeah, I see that even in today's, um, you know, uh, interactions I have with, like, uh, new reverts. And, um, you know, the, I, I've had, and same thing as you said. Like, I, I know a lot of brothers that are, like, they know, they feel in their heart Islam is the truth, but they... Uh, 
hesitant because of this reason. And and I tell all of them, man, I'm like, bro, just accept Islam, you know. You don't have to be perfect the day you accept Islam, you know. As long as you put in an effort for the sake of Allah, things are going to progress, bro. Don't f- compare yourself to another brother. Like, oh, this brother's got a full beard, a juba on every day. Like, man, like, you know what I mean? Like, just do you. Like, your effort is between you and Allah only, you know. I've had, uh, I've had, I've met fighters, bro, who who I've said this to several times because they were in this situation where they could see the value of Islam, but they're scared to commit because they don't think they can do it. And uh, you know, I, I even remember these brothers. So when I talk to them after five, six years, the first thing I do is like, "Yo, bro, how you doing?" You know, like, did you accept Islam yet? And uh, alhamdulillah, most of them say they did. But I tell all of them the same thing. It's like, yo, just accept it. Don't. Tomorrow's never promised, you know. Just accept Islam and let your uh, learning curve um, do its thing, you know. As long as there's a consistent level of effort, you know, you're going to progress, inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. And how did your uh, reversion uh, affect your relationship with your parents, for example? Ah, man, subhanAllah. So, like, um, you know, two Korean, mind, two Korean parents with a uh, Catholic background, they weren't supportive of it. But... Um, You know, I think a lot of reverts uh, can understand how I feel where parents are against it and things aren't good. But when they see their 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 son or daughter having all these positive changes, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes they take a step back, like, okay, maybe it is good for them, you know? And that's kind of how my situation was. Like, my mom was, you know, seeing me praying five times and, and you know, being disciplined for the sake of this religion and i think that's what made it more accepting more accepting to them you know yeah. and so after the whole well story of your uh of you finding can you say finding tranquility in a certain way or finding peace uh, yeah brother i mean i mean it's interesting because uh I, i have friends who aren't muslims but who are very close to me and um That's 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 the one thing that I have a lot of non-Muslim friends say to me is that uh, I look like uh, somebody who's found uh, peace, you know, tranquility. So yeah. And how did how did this affect your career exactly? You know, man, I think MMA and Islam worked well for each other for me because to be a Muslim, you need to. disciplined and to be a fighter you need to be disciplined too you know like you're on a routine every single day whether you like it or not you're doing it you know that's that's pretty much how i do islam is how i do my training in my in my career brother you know um constant effort consistency dedication and uh and when you're yeah if you're talking about how did it affect each other it worked very well for each other um like i said islam and and uh being a, a pro fighter is is It's all I've been, bro, for the past, like, 11, 12 years, you know? And uh, alhamdulillah, I'm very happy that um, it, it, it it became this way, man. It gave me confidence in myself as a human being, but it also gave me, um, you know, goals that I want to achieve, you know? Um, so it's been very good, man. Alhamdulillah. And something which often attracts people in... in Islam as a religion or as a way of life is the sense of, how can you say it, fraternity, brotherhood that you can find. How does this affect you too? I mean, yeah, y- you you told me that you were, uh, there was a brother who actually led you to this, alhamdulillah, yeah, under the guidance of Allah, alhamdulillah. Yeah. 
but uh, I mean, of course, there is a sense of a sense of fraternity. I believe that you must have sensed in a way or another the moment you stepped in the masjid, for example. Yeah, brother. I mean, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, like uh, you, you meet a lot of like sincere, kind-hearted brothers in Islam, you know, and uh, yeah, they were very welcoming, and uh, I could I could see that the camaraderie within the brothers is is strong man because of what the religion teaches us you know and um to me to me i love that about islam to be honest with you like i can look at <clears throat> another muslim and i might not know him personally but for the sake of allah i love the guy you know i love the brother for the sake of allah and for the sake of my religion and because uh, most muslims think this way you know it's easy to make friends within the muslim community you know yeah so alhamdulillah i really 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 value uh the camaraderie um actually even even talking about the camaraderie within islam even within the city man the one thing that i always talk to muhammad is i love i love the brotherhood you know i love that we're all here for each other and uh we're all trying to you know help each other get better with martial arts and it's the same thing brothers are trying to help you in life you know and um Man, the camaraderie within the Muslims is something that I I really enjoy and value very very much. And it's a really nice feeling. I remember when we, for example, finished trainings and then we would go and pray together. Yeah, even though we'd be beaten up, especially <laughs> <Yeah>. me, <laughs> especially me in the beginning. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's it's really really amazing feeling to to see like after training after everything, we'd sit together. We'd pray first and then we'd sit together and talk and. Uh, well, I have discussions about anything and everything, really. Yeah. And and even when I went to college, I started because I started going to college this week. La- last, when I went to the welcome day and stuff, and I was in the cla- my class, the honors class, there's like only 40, 50 students. I didn't see any like people from my origin around me. So I sat around talking to everyone and everything. And then in the end of the presentations that we were doing in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, a guy in the back raised his hand and asked the... Um, honors program coordinator mm. if we can have like a break to pray and i immediately looked back raised my hand like this yeah. i did this yeah, yeah, yeah. he did this to me and then after the presentations we went to talk together and we talked as if we knew each other for years Mashallah. at the end and now we're fr- we, we're extremely good friends Mashallah. we pray together and everything so it, it's true that it's very easy to how can you say it, it form bonds of not friendship brotherhood mm. it's 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 an it's another level, really, and and even the Prophet ﷺ mentioned uh, how the uh, how how much the reward is great for two brothers who love each other for the sake of Allah and separ- and get separated for the sake of Allah as well when life takes them away when their life is over. So it's really a nice. It's one of the nicest feelings that you can get. And especially with, would you say that the society as well has, uh, how can you say it, individualized in a certain way, where everyone is like pushed to, to be alone? Would you agree? Pushed to be alone, man. Um, I don't know if I, if I can say that they're pushed to be alone, but maybe the people are finding it difficult to find the kind of camaraderie that muslims have maybe you know like i said me man i thought 16 17 years old being in the drug game looking up to all these gangsters man i thought that they're my brothers you know i stuck my neck off for them you know i've been in incidences where i had no issues with this guy but i ended up getting stabbed up for somebody else's problem but where's the brotherhood in that you know like 
like uh where are they now you know i i i'm willing to take it this far for another person but where are they at you know it's like uh so so I, as your your question was like do you think society pushes them i think i think a lot of people just have you know they're falling into the wrong wrong crowds the wrong um maybe priorities and whatnot you know that makes it difficult for them to find a sense of comfort among a group of people, you know, which is what I found with Islam and the brothers within Islam, you know. And uh, yeah, man, I think that's what the main thing is, is that they're maybe a little bit lost or mistaken into what they think is uh, is value, you know, for them. Yeah. And concerning, well, your career in general, for example, you, I mean, it, it's a career that requires a lot of physical prowess in a way. It's technically the one that requires the most physical prowess <laughs> because yeah. otherwise you'd get beaten up. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, how would you say that uh, you were treated in a way or would you, w- were you treated differently because of your, well, background or identity in this domain? I mean, there, because you know that there's uh, some sort of profitation for, like, that, you know, the Chechens with the the short hair, uh, like Khabib. And yeah. The, I mean, look, man. So, so as, so, so the way that I, I am, you know, I think non-Muslims, when they see that I've accepted Islam, it, it comes into more of, like, a sense of interest. Like, they're wondering, like, why? Like, how, you know? <laughs> like, you're Asian, bro. Like, look at the tattoo going down your arm. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So when it comes to the non-Muslims, I feel like these kinds of curiosity happens more frequently. And I don't really run into any negative experiences with them. Um, But when I've fought internationally in countries like India, Egypt, and uh, and other places, uh, and I walk into a masjid, bro, and like, you know... I, you know, this is just me, man. Like, I'm not the type to wear a jubba. I don't, I can barely go facial hair. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't got the beard. So, like, sometimes I walk into a masjid, man, and from the Muslims, I'll get, like, uh, I want to say bad experiences, but a little bit of uh, judgmental negative things because um, they can't accept it. Like, some some Muslims, man, you'll be surprised when you go to, like, these countries like India and, and Cairo, Egypt, like, they look at me like, there's no way that you're Muslim, you know? Like, so, oh, yeah, 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 so they'll yeah, give me them kind of vibes, you know, or like, uh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. So either of sorts. I mean, I was in Egypt and yeah, it, it's hard to see. And especially in Egypt where there's like a a really great separation between like the different, well, let's say ideologies of the population. You'd have, it, it would be difficult to see someone not in a traditional, for example, attire. And but it, it, it's, it's a far, it, it's a very like, bizarre idea in a way here alhamdulillah i feel like that in montreal we are in the melting pot of sorts yeah so in egypt in uh, the middle east where i lived most of my life i didn't actually meet a lot of i only met arabs i i was constantly around arabs always um and i would be surprised to even see someone from for example the maghrib mm. or uh, morocco and mm. well here for example when i arrived and this is something that has even like made the the connections between us Muslims even stronger, where we actually had, uh, well, the the idea, the concept of national uh, nationality was completely completely erased in favor of Islam. You would have Moroccans, Algerians, uh, people from Africa, people from Asia too, everyone. Mm-hmm. 
praying together and being together in a group. So That's you won't see the same. I, I didn't see the same. Uh, well, it, it would be easier for most people, I guess, to, to see someone, uh, you know, for example, having a tattoo or something. Yeah. yeah say he's just reverted, probably. Yeah, it's exactly. And I ca- that's kind of like how I thought of it for my own self, too. You know, it's just like uh, when I've experienced it, it's because the, the brothers probably haven't experienced uh, a lot of reverts in their life or other races of muslims you know but again in the west though it's much more common right you'll see a lot of uh new reverts from all sorts of different backgrounds so it's yeah i agree with you man in a place like montreal it's more easy for me to i guess be accepted you know, yes like in a lot of these uh, uh other countries um where they only see people that are of themselves yeah i think it'd be they have a little bit harder of a time you know yeah, th- i mean i can't really blame them either right? yeah, yeah, yeah remember uh, for sure man it's sure. it's uh, they have a tough times going on anyways exactly exactly so i kind of just like let it be and at the end of the day man you know i, I tell everybody to and again going back to the topic about like uh you know people who see islam as a truth i have a hard time accepting it it's like like at the end of the day man our deen is between us and allah you know like people love to put their two cents about how they feel about this or that action or this person but real, realistically man I, i'm i'm doing my deen for myself you know so that's kind of like what i tell all the weavers too it's like uh, you know don't don't compare yourself to others just just do it for your own self you know and as a last concept that we can discuss what would you advise to young men in general and who for example are willing to improve themselves in a way physically mentally spiritually and young men who are willing to to revert so we're talking about young men being muslims and young men who are in general as well what would you advise to them to in order to be to to completely fulfill the role as men in society in a good way i think um i think the important thing is if you're if you're in a lifestyle man that's not good for you and as much as you might think like this is who i am or or this is who I represent because of associations to certain types of friends or groups. Um, you have to make a change, man. That's the first and most important thing. Like I, how I told you uh, earlier that when I came out from jail and I even before accepting Islam, I had it in my mind that I needed to first kind of uh, cut the people out that I that I've been associating myself to, you know, that was constantly giving me the same problems, whether it be, you know, the jail incidences or violent incidences or friends dying or whatnot so i so the that's the first step i think is to is to kind of you have to it's it's people love comfort man but look man good things only come from discomfort you know so like the way i see it if any young brother is going through the kind of feelings that i went through where they feel like this is all they have or this is uh, something that deep in their heart they're not happy with you have to be you have to be courageous man you have to be brave enough to to face the unknown and say man forget this i'm just going to try try something else you know and uh i think that's the first step you have to shift your mindset into into accepting whatever you're in as it like you have to say nah nah like i'm going to try something different you know you have to have that so i would i would recommend any brothers going through something like that man just to yeah shift their 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 focus of who they're hanging out with that's the most important thing and um you know and yeah definitely everybody 
needs to have some sort of a physical activity that they enjoy, I feel like. Right. And it doesn't mean that you all have to be a fighter, but like, you know, like, just uh, be active. Yeah, bro. Some kind of an activity. Like some people like tennis. All right. If you love tennis, man, play three times a week. Be consistent. Be dedicated, you know, because um, man, I'm sure you guys know when you guys have a have a training session and you sweat a lot, you sleep good. You come home after you shower, you feel happy. You know what I mean? Like, and in my opinion, I don't think anyone, anything in life gives that kind of um, a feeling besides sports, you know, so something like that could be a start. Um, changing the lifestyle, changing the crowd, and uh, yeah, man, that would be that would be the main first thing that I would tell. You know. And Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said, "Al Muslim qawi khair wa hab ilallah min al Muslim daif," which basically means in English, the strong, the capable Muslim, physically and well, mentally and spiritually, is. More, yeah. more loved, more liked by Allah Azzajal than the weak Muslim. Mm-hmm. Both of them are loved, evidently. Mm-hmm. But one of them is like fulfilling, he, he's striving for excellence in on the physical level too. And that's his role. As a young man, you have no excuse to be sitting around and lazy, being lazy and, and all of that, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think like, uh, at least for me, how I... Uh, do martial arts is what I feel like I would do anything in life for is like uh, just dedication and uh, staying consistent, staying on a routine, staying disciplined. This is pretty much, I'm sure, it's the recipe for even someone like you, bro, about to go into med school and all that. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to do it because you have to do it, you know? And you can't be a little pansy about it, bro. You can't be weak, man. You gotta, like, you gotta, you have to be willing to you have to be courageous, man. If you want change in life, you have to be courageous, you know? You can't expect change if you're just doing the same thing on your ass, doing nothing about it, bro. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I feel like uh, uh, there needs to be a level of willingness, you know? Do you have a last advice for young Muslims willing to, well, be better Muslims in a way? <laughs> to be better Muslims? I mean, I mean, even even me, bro. I don't. I don't. I think I could be a whole lot better of a Muslim, to be honest. Everyone can. Yeah, but um, you know, I I would just advise them, like, look, think about the amount of effort you put in for Allah, you know, and think about what could be a little bit more than that, you know, every single month to year, you know, like progression. I feel like uh is key, even if it's in small little increments, you know. Um, so I would just advise that man, just continue the effort for Allah. And look, if you're praying one salah a day, maybe try two a day. You know, if you're doing two a day, try three or something, bro, something. You know, but um, yeah, progress is very important, and that constant effort for the sake of our religion is a must, bro. Is a must. You know. And one must always remember that whenever you do a step towards the Creator Azzawajal, He crosses a whole mile for you. A certain way, just putting the effort is enough. Even if you don't succeed in the beginning, the intentions are what count. And I guess that will conclude our discussion today. Uh, thanks a lot, Coach. Has been a wonderful discussion. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It was uh, pretty cool. Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina azab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان